Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Bob Levy. He is the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. We'll continue our conversation about the Second Amendment and attempts at gun control. We'll also visit with E.B. Yarnell. She is the CEO of Sunlight Home of Collier County. It is October the 18th, and on this day in 1867, the United States formally took possession of Alaska after purchasing the territory from Russia for $7.2 million, or less than two cents an acre. The Alaska Purchase comprised 586,412 square miles, about twice the size of Texas, and was championed by William Henry Seward, the enthusiastically expansionist Secretary of State under President Andrew Johnson. Russia wanted to sell its Alaska territory, which was remote and difficult to defend, to the United States rather than risk losing it in a battle with a rival such as Great Britain. Negotiations between Seward and the Russian minister there uh, to the U.S. began in March of 1867. However, the American public believed the land to be barren and worthless and dubbed the purchase Seward's Folly and Andrew Johnson's Polar Bear Garden, among other derogatory names. Some animosity uh, toward the project may have been a byproduct of President Johnson's own unpopularity. As the 17th president, Johnson battled with radical Republicans in Congress over Reconstruction and the policies following the Civil War. He was impeached in 1868 and later acquitted by a single vote. Nevertheless, Congress eventually ratified the Alaska deal. Public opinion of the purchase turned more favorable, of course, when gold was discovered just 32 years later in 1899, sparking a gold rush. Alaska became the 49th state of on January the 3rd, 1959. It is now recognized for its vast natural resources. Today, 25% of America's oil and over 50% of its seafood comes from Alaska. It's also the largest state in the area, about one-fifth the size of the lower 48 uh, continental states. Uh, Though it remains sparsely populated, it's just over 733,000 folks. (laughs) It's uh, uh, 576,000 square miles. Uh, it's, It's just about 1,000 people every square mile. Anyhow... Governor Ron DeSantis announced that Florida Division of uh, Emergency Management has deployed two cargo planes holding 85 pallets of donated supplies, which will reach Israel today. Items on the planes include medical supplies, uh, clothing items, hygiene products, and children's toys. With the lack of leadership in Washington, we're stepping up to help our allies in Israel who are in need of supplies and our support, said Ron DeSantis. As we continue to bring back Americans who were stranded in Israel when the war began, we also keep sending the necessary health care supplies for Israel to care for those who have been injured. Thanks to the decisive action of Governor DeSantis, the division was quickly able to coordinate with the Israeli partners and compile uh, needed supplies. Uh, after working with the Israel 
consulate, medical partners, and hospitals in Israel, the division identified what items were most in need to reduce the inundation and increase efficiency. Of the 85 pallets of supplies identified as critically needed by the hospital based in Israel were packed and prepared for shipping in less than five days, included were bandages, hospital gowns, IV kits, needles, syringes, ventilators, and uh, surgical gloves. Also included some uh, comfort items such as children's toys, uh, sleeping bags, hygiene products, and clothing. The divisional continued to maintain open lines of communication uh, with additional state agencies and Israel partners. Uh, good, good move, I think, on the governor providing that kind of support. Again, uh, he's a candidate for president. I certainly uh, he wants to make an impression in that regard. But nevertheless, I think it's just the right thing to do. Congratulations, Governor. Israel appears to have uh, delayed a ground invasion of Gaza that was expected as early as Friday, and speculation is mounting as to why. Last Thursday, Israel Defense Forces issued a warning to civilians in northern Gaza to evacuate south, giving them 24 hours to do so, Uh, though a spokesperson later said the IDF understood that the evacuations may take several days. But since then, while massing troops on the border, the IDF has not invaded Gaza except in sporadic attacks to conduct reconnaissance. One reason is Lebanon, Iran's uh, Iran's proxy terrorist organization Hezbollah, has been firing anti-tank missiles at Israel posts on the border sporadically, and commandos have been trying to breach the Israel border at uh, various points. Israel has maintained a policy of firing back, but only at the positions from which they were attacked, not at broader Hezbollah targets. If Hezbollah were to go to war... As Iran is threatened, Israel would be fighting a war on two fronts, so it has been taking time to prepare for that outcome. Another reason is international concern for humanitarian conditions in Gaza. In previous conflicts, Israel's most formidable enemy has been global public opinion, which has infinite patience for Israeli citizen casualties, but none at all for Palestinian civilian casualties. Though Israel is committed to destroying Hamas, regardless of criticism from the outside world, it also needs to preserve its fragile relations with new Arab allies, as well as the goodwill of friends in the West, especially the United States. Well, President uh, Biden is there now. He's, he's in uh, Israel while they're in a state of war. This leads to the next possible reason, fear that a rapid, intense invasion might alienate the Biden administration. Though President Joe Biden has been very supportive since October the 7th and the terror attacks, his administration's policy toward Israel was decidedly cool for two and a half years. There's speculation, which the U.S. has denied, that Israel will hold off on a big ground invasion until Biden's expected visit today. Uh, why not wait? The other thing I'd say, I'd suggest, is that Hamas is inevitably going to let their guard down. If they're waiting, waiting, waiting for this attack and it just doesn't happen, they might just kind of relax a little bit and waiting for uh, contributes to the element of surprise, in my opinion. So I'm not exactly sure why this is happening, but right now the attack is uh, on hold. <clears throat> And as I mentioned, uh, President Biden is is on is in Israel now to show support for America's closest Middle East ally. He will address Isra- Israeli leaders on <laughs> this makes me laugh. How to prevent unnecessary ca- civilian casualties on the Gaza Strip? I wonder if he'll reference some of the things that happened in Afghanistan. Just amazing. Can you imagine taking advice from Joe Biden on how to prevent unnecessary civilian casualties? Unbelievable. 
Well, an airstrike on a hospital in Gaza that Hamas says killed at least 500 people came from the Islamic Jihad terrorist group, Israel said. An analysis of IDF operational systems indicates that a barrage of rockets were fired by terrorists in Gaza, passing in close proximity to the hospital uh, when it was hit. The Israeli Defense Force says is intelligence from multiple sources we have in, in our hands indicate that the Islamic Jihad is responsible for the failed rocket launch that hit the hospital in Gaza. Earlier, the Hamas-run health ministry said at least 500 people were killed at the hospital. The deaths were the result of an Israeli air airstrike, it said. However, Israel said it was investigating the source of the explosion and said a hospital is not a target for military forces. A hospital is a highly sensitive building and is not an IDF target, uh, is the quote. IDF is investigating the source of the explosion and, like always, is prior prioritizing accuracy and reliability, he said. Uh, we urge everyone to proceed with caution when reporting on unverified claims of a terrorist organization. It's good advice, but probably unheeded by the mainstream media, unfortunately. Well, protesters reportedly attempted to breach the Israel embassy in Amman, Jordan, amid ongoing conflict between Israel and the terrorist group Hamas, based on the Gaza Strip. Video footage shows demonstrators outside the complex in a chaotic scene replete with smoke, blaring sirens, and irate demonstrators carrying Palestinian flags. Conflicting accounts of the events have emerged, and it's unclear whether the demonstrators sought to burn down the complex, breach it, or accomplish some other end. The disruption comes as President Biden, of course, is showing up. He's supposed to be meeting with Jordanian King Abdullah II and Egyptian President uh, el-Sisi uh, on the uh, Israel-Hamas conflict. Uh, it remains unclear whether the events of the Israeli embassy will impact the meetings. My understanding from social media is actually uh, they've canceled all these meetings. The so they had arranged meetings with the president, and uh, they're just not going to take the time to meet with them. Got other things to do, I guess. Oh, well. Ukraine has used U.S.-made cluster bomb-tipped rockets from uh, Art Army Tactical Missile System for the first time and is claimed with a weapon said to have taken out nine Russian helicopters while they were still on the ground. Ukraine claims to have taken out nine helicopters and associated support equipment on the ground in a series of coordinated strikes against Russian-occupied airfields overnight. <clears throat> per a statement from the Ukrainian government, it, the strikes in the early hours of Tuesday morning were against airfields in Russian-occupied regions of Ukraine. Uh, this considerable strike against Russian air power, while powered uh, down and theoretically safe on, the, uh, on its own airfields, is claimed to have been the first strike by Ukraine using its new missile system from the United States, the much-vaulted and long-discussed ATACMS, that's at, uh, Army Tactical Missile System against Russia. Uh, much longer range and more accurate than some of the other missiles fielding by the Ukrainians. It also benefits from having a cluster munition head. <clears throat> the uh, munition is uh, particularly effective at area attacks where less devastating but widely ranged blast radius is desired. Attacking uh, massed formations of infantry, soft skins, vehicles, and parked military aircraft all benefit from this type of weapon, but they are controversial. The large number of bomblets spread over the wider area has been associated with failures to detonate, leaving lethal charges that may be discovered by unsuspecting civilian even years later. That is a concern.
Oh, yes. And uh, let's not forget about what's happening with Jim Jordan. He's getting unbelievable support from callers into Congress to uh, support Jim Jordan. Uh, I'm, I'm aware that uh, <clears throat> the, the war room uh, is uh, amassing all this telephone support for Jim Jordan's candidacy. Uh, so uh, he right now is the top candidate. He's short by about 20 votes. Uh, they Instead of fighting it out on the floor, which is would be preferable and allowing people to see how a democracy works, they're in backroom uh, meetings trying to work this out, and they're going to have another vote. I think it's going to be at 11 o'clock this morning, so we'll see how this all turns out. But uh, if uh, Jim Jordan is not elected as Speaker of the House, I don't know where they're going to turn. Uh, they have important business to take care of, for example, trying to fund uh, the war in Israel and uh, Ukraine. They, uh, Biden wants $100 million, billion for that effort. Maybe we're better off without a speaker. Just let Congress sit for a while. <clears throat> uh, I know they're eager to get, get going, but uh, unbelievable how we're spending money that we don't have. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hearing that uh, Lulabee's commercial reminds me that uh, now Lulabee's is serving dinner Wednesday through Saturdays, 8, 4 to 8 p.m. The menu is terrific. Boy, the uh, fish is just fantastic. Don't need a reservation. It's casual and it's a great value. So again, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, Saturdays, Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Coming up, we're going to visit with E.B. Yarnell, CEO of Sunlight Home of Collier County. Right now, we have with us Bob Levy. He is the Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. Bob, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C., and devoted to defending free markets, private property, securing individual rights, and limited government, cato.org on the web. Thank you, Bob. Uh, We've been talking for the last few weeks about uh, the Second Amendment and gun control proposals, and here's a few for you. I would uh, appreciate your comments and thoughts. The NRA suggests armed guards or even armed teachers at schools. What are your thoughts? Well, gun-free school zones have been a magnet for the uh, mentally unbalanced, and that may be why, you know, about a quarter or so of the public schools already employ security officers who carry firearms. I think it's not a bad idea. I mean, we have armed guards at banks, airports, on airplanes, uh, at power plants and courts, at stadiums for athletic contests, and even some government buildings. So there's, there's no reasons why I armed persons can't be at all public schools, not just a quarter of them. And, and some of those armed persons could be teachers. Mm-hmm. I think the, the rules would be that no teacher would be required to uh, carry a firearm, uh, but those who volunteered would be given extensive uh, background screening and training and psychological testing, um, roughly equivalent to what sky marshals uh, now get, and the teachers wouldn't carry uh, the firearms openly, but the weapons would be accessible and subject to some safe, safe storage uh, regulations. And some of these teachers, if they're, they could be well-trained, and some of them already have military experience, and yeah. I think that might lower the cost of armed uh, protection and provide some measure of safety for students. And certainly give pause uh, to anybody who has evil intentions towards uh, schools and students uh, to think about it before going in and uh, perhaps facing an armed teacher that might uh, fire at them and take them out before they're able to do any harm. So I agree with you 100%. That's great. What about a requirement for registration of all firearms, just like we do for cars? Well, you know, I'm not aware of any case where registration has resulted in an arrest. Uh, the plain fact is that criminals don't register their firearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in fact, if you possess a gun illegally, you can't be required to register because that would be self-incrimination, and the Supreme Court has uh, has so ruled. 
So only law-abiding citizens register. Uh, gun control arg- advocates argue that uh, registration is no different than gun registration, no different than car registration. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are a number of important differences. First of all, the cars are registered at the state level, not the federal level. There's no, and secondly, there's no suggestion that anyone plans to make uh, cars illegal, although there's great pressure to make guns illegal. And there is no express right of the people to drive cars in the Constitution. Um, as I noted earlier um, in, in our conversation a week ago, uh, Pete Shields, the Brady Center co-founder, he's, he's quoted as saying the first problem is to slow down the number of handguns being sold. The second problem is to get handguns registered. The final problem is to make possession totally illegal. So that indicates the slippery slope of this kind of a proposal. I must say, though, that when these uh, ideas are perpetrated and become uh, front front page news, uh, gun sales go up dramatically. <laughs> so it's yeah, con- the perverse uh, it's a perverse effect, uh, uh, perverse incentive on the on the gun owners who are seeking safety when they're told over and over again how unsafe they are. All right. Should we require gun owners to carry liability insurance? You know, it's an interesting idea, but I have some doubts about constitutionality and even greater doubts about uh, the practical effect. You know, the constitutional argument is kind of straightforward. The mandated purchase of insurance, it's some like, something like a poll tax. You know, you, you force somebody to pay mm-hmm. in order to exercise a constitutionally guaranteed right. So maybe the gun case is a little stronger than the poll tax case because guns are dangerous. Um, although some would say voting is voting can be dangerous as well. Yeah. But, you know, that that might not be sufficient uh, for the Supreme Court to condone a, a government-imposed charge to own a gun, especially when the charge is likely to be uh, significant uh, if it's to have any effect. And that would put it beyond the ability of some people uh, to pay, uh, the people, in fact, who may be most in need of having a firearm for self-defense. You know, the practical argument, I think, is a little more nuanced. Uh, first, if you think about suicide, uh, with the insurance proceeds payable to the estate of the insured, uh, because of moral hazard, which is the tendency of people to behave differently when they're insured than when they're not insured, the insurance companies don't generally cover yeah. uh, suicides. You know, if, if suicides were covered, their number would likely increase. And, and uh, criminal acts, uh, the commission of a crime is intentional. Uh, and again, the insurers don't usually cover intentional con- uh, conduct. Anyone who has liability insurance against his own acts is going to be much more likely to commit those acts, knowing that the cost is covered. And moreover, I, I think no would-be killer is going to be deterred by an insurance mandate if he isn't deterred by a law that says, uh, you shall not murder. Uh, and criminals who can't furnish proof of insurance, well, you know, they'd simply do what they do now. They steal a weapon or they buy the weapon on the black market. So yeah. I'm, I'm not wild about that idea. No, I mean, as you point out, it's that there's actually adverse selection. If somebody's going to buy the insurance, you wonder what they're having in mind. Exactly. <laughs> when yes. they're buying it. So uh, what about gun accidents? 
Wouldn't an insurance requirement help compensate victims? Maybe, uh, but I think a couple of points. One is that, you know, medical insurance already pays for victims who are hospitalized or who, are, who require other medical care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those people who have medical insurance, and that's most of us, um, that's, that's already covered. And secondly, there are about, you know, 400 million guns in the U.S., and each year they cause about 500 accidental deaths. So assuming that each accidental death were caused by a different gun, an insurance mandate would burden 99.9998% of guns that had nothing to do with an accidental death. So you compare that to auto insurance. We have 32,000 traffic deaths from 250 million cars. We have more and more guns and far fewer gun accidents. So maybe you can justify compulsory auto liability, but I think it's hard to justify compulsory gun liability. Well, that certainly puts in perspective, Bob. If you could implement one gun control proposal that might attract support, what would it be? I think the best of all options hasn't gotten a lot of attention, even though it would radically reduce gun violence, and that is to legalize drugs. Uh, there are a million and a half drug arrests each year, more drug inmates for all than for all violent crimes uh, combined, about 50% of the federal prison population. And because the drugs are illegal, the participants in the drug trade, they can't go to court to settle their disputes. So they settle the disputes by force on the streets using guns. Yeah. And, uh, and meanwhile, criminals and t- terrorists earn about $40 billion a year in the drug trade, and the DEA has to have thousands of agents and uh, support staff who could be fighting other crimes or, or terrorism. So the courts are clogged up, the jails are overcrowded, the police are overburdened, the public defenders are overworked, and we even have racial discrimination in the enforcement of these uh, drug laws. So this kind of addiction of drugs like alcoholism it's a medical health problem, and we treat, we don't incarcerate uh, alcoholics. And like alcohol, it should be legal to sell drugs to adults, but not to minors. And unlike tobacco, which reportedly kills 400,000 people a year, but it's legal. Yeah. Uh, marijuana, at least to my knowledge, kills nobody. And you can so make drug it- legalization is, uh, I think, an idea whose time long overdue. I would agree with that. And plus you could make uh, the consumption of these drugs uh, safer by having some sort of regulation in terms of the quality of what's uh, what's being sold. So, Indeed. Bob Levy, again, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. I encourage you to visit the very robust website cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. Bob, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Great being with you, Bob. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, the folks from Sunlight Home, the CEO that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? 
make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get some tickets to great performances coming up. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us E.B. Yarnell. She is the CEO of Sunlight Home of Collier County. E.B., thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, Evie. You know, I've not heard of Sunlight Home of Collier County. Maybe you could tell us about it. Absolutely. I would love to. So we're a small organization. We're based out of a home kind of hidden in plain sight here in Naples. We are a long-term facility for women and teens who are pregnant and who have been victims of abuse or human trafficking, or and are suffering from homelessness. So we take them in when they're pregnant. They can stay with us for two years after they've had their baby. And we really just pour into them and invest our energy and our resources into these women so that they can break the chains of poverty and abuse that have been going on for generations before them. So I, I saw your website. It's uh, sunlighthome.org, sunlighthome.org. I hope our listeners will check it out. Uh, you have uh, you have 10 residents, I think, there, plus uh, perhaps their children under the age of three? Correct. So we can have, we can have kids in our, in our home up to the age of about four or five. Mm. And we have women who come in who already have children, and are pregnant a second time. We also have um, women who come in and are pregnant for the first time. Um, it just we're very flexible on our our requirements 
We just really want to help people who want help. We really want these women to have the opportunity to be great, productive citizens in our community and to not be dependent on welfare and food stamps and assistance, but to really go out and just be great single moms. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, it's so needed. These women I'm sure feel abandoned and, and uh, estranged from society as a consequence of their circumstances. And to have that kind of support, I think it's just fantastic. So how do you connect with the women who uh, you inevitably support? It is a lot of word of mouth. It usually takes a trusted person or someone in a healthcare position to tell the girls about our organization for them to really feel comfortable enough to reach out. They're very vulnerable. They've been put through terrible circumstances. Generally, they suffer from a lot of trauma and they're fearful. Um, So we really rely on community members in positions of trust to keep us in mind and when they see a girl that they think would benefit from our program and from what we have to offer, just really kind of putting a plug in for us and letting them know that we're here to help them and that they're not alone. So just could you elaborate a little bit on uh, if you make a connection and that perhaps uh, a woman is pregnant and expecting, uh, when does this? When does the woman come to live there and how long do they stay? So they can come as soon as they want. We've had women who called and moved in the next day. Mm. We have had women who call and they need to kind of plan and prepare. And so depending on the circumstances, sometimes that could be fleeing an abusive partner or, um, you know, just wrapping things up to yeah. where they're, they're prepared in their, in their situation enough to move. Um, but they do reside with us. So it is a move. And they come, they live with us. It's, depending on when they reach out to us, they could be two months pregnant, they could be eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then after they give birth, they have the opportunity to stay with us for up to two years. That is fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of expense that goes along with this, too. I'm sure women who find themselves in the circumstance of perhaps an abusive relationship, many times when you cut the, cut the relationship, you can also cut the financial sources. I mean, how do you, how do you fund all this? Absolutely. So we are so fortunate. We are funded solely by private donors, private grants, and local family foundations. So we are just really fortunate. We don't receive any government funding. We intentionally, and our board has intentionally kept us protected, I guess, kind of from that interference. If we were to accept government money, we would then have to be told what we can and can't provide the girls who come through our door. And they've never been willing to sacrifice giving them as much as they possibly could. Could you give us a general idea of what you're providing of these um, diapers and stuff like Maybe you could just elaborate a little bit on on, uh, the support that you provide to a woman who is living there. I'd love to. So they come and they move into our house. Our house is beautiful. It's comfortable. It's it's a home. It's not an, it's not an institution. It doesn't feel like a dorm. It's, it's a home. Mm-hmm. And we pour love into them from the very second they walk in. We clothe them. We help them with food if they need it. We help them learn what it means to prepare nutritional meals. We have nutrition classes. We have meal planning instruction. We help them find mental health support. We actually have been working in collaboration with a local psychologist who is providing us with 
an amazing opportunity to help these girls truly heal so that they get a good foundation for moving forward, which we're finding is a critical element of their ability to move on and be successful citizens. Absolutely. We provide them financial classes. We provide them parenting classes. Um, we also provide them with the opportunity, should it be what they're interested in, um, to consider the path of adoption, if that's something that they're looking for. Yeah. Um, we we really provide them with everything that they need. We help them with their educational goals, occupational goals, and all the planning and all the little details and aspects that come with that. Absolutely. EB, I'm looking at the website again. I want to uh, refer our listeners to your website, sunlighthome.org, sunlighthome.org. All this costs a lot of money. I'm sure that contributions would be appreciated, and uh, you can make a contribution right on the website. Uh, you just press the donate button. Again, sunlighthome.org. EB, you're doing God's work. I just really appreciate your time here on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure indeed, E.B. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Name sounds familiar. Well, she's my wife. She's also pretty darn well-informed of what's happening around the world and locally. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. And a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. Again, if the name sounds familiar, she's my wife. She's also uh, an aficionado when it comes to social media. She, she, she understands so much more about that than I do. I'm trying to save the world. Yeah, <laughs> well, doing a pretty darn darn good job. Hey, let's let's uh, start off with uh, the speaker's race and what's happening right now in Congress. What are your thoughts? By the way, it's nice to be back because the last couple of weeks for me and you have been kind of tumultuous. So They have. I, 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 I think I, I referenced at one point that, that, uh, that we'd, uh, you'd had a health incident. Do, do you want to talk about it at all? No, I just say, I, you know, I miss being on your show and um, uh, it's scared the heck out of both of us yep. and um i'm so glad to be on the other side of it and but. i'm so grateful you're home uh, uh and uh, got by the way got great support uh, nch has uh, an affiliation with one of the large hospitals they they just have a great cardiac unit and i must say i was so impressed with the with the, the quality of care there i was just yeah, I was just so pleased that we have that in our community, and I was glad that it was available for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Anyway, um, to the speaker's race. Well, where do we start? Yeah. Um, what a shame we don't have a speaker of the House. Let's see. That means no more money for Ukraine, no more money for all <laughs> these countries that we don't want to send money to anyway. No budget. No budget. Yeah. Which we didn't have before, but it's it's... I just get a kick out of the media that is just absolutely running around with their hair on fire going, oh, yeah. my goodness, the sky's going to fall, the sky's going to fall. You know, I've said this a couple of times on the show, but uh, we closed down the uh, private sector for two years because of, a, a, I think, a scam. It turned out to be... Well, uh, no, it, it was a scam. It was a scam, and we're talking about... By the this, United States government. The, the COVID-19 thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, somehow, some way, the sky's going to fall if, in fact... Uh, we have a, a, a shutdown of the United States government. It doesn't concern me that much because, you know what, they, if it kind of immobilizes Congress, if they can't do anything, they can't screw, screw things up. I just think it's a hoot. Yeah. I just think it's a hoot. And it, it's exposing, let, you know what, I've, I've, at, the, at the risk of repeating myself ad nauseum, mm. every time I come on your show, I'm going, well, we've, we've discovered even more people, elected politicians, who are corrupt, who are bought and paid for. I'm, I was stunned yesterday. Well, to actually, two days ago, I think I mentioned this to you. John James, out of Michigan, who Trump campaigned for, yeah, good guy. endorsed, is a veteran. Yeah. And he ended up being bought and paid for. And now... Um, me and, and several other people on social media are calling him to be primary because he just, through um, the uh, America First agenda, everything under the bus, he is, he's totally bought and paid for now. And it's just a shame. You know, and here's what happens. When you talk about bought and paid for, it's not what happens is that on certain issues. For example, in my opinion, my, and I think we could document this, uh, Pfizer, for example, funds uh, both uh, the Democrats and the Republicans, and therefore you're not going to find a lot of people who are questioning what Pfizer is doing and Big Pharma. Well, that's exactly right. And uh, so, and that's how it works. Is basically a single issue stuff, 
We'll find that people, for example, support the, the Ukraine war. Why? Well, because they're, they're lobbyists. They come in and they're funding their campaigns for, uh, for, for re-election. So, well, they want wars to go on. and I mean, they, they want wars to go on so they can get into the military-industrial complex and, and, and get rich. Look at Halliburton. Look at Raytheon. Look yeah. at all these military-industrial complex companies who are, oh, by the way, part of the K Street lobbyists who are rushing, rushing, rushing. Excuse me to uh, Capitol Hill to talk to these these congressmen and say no 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 we can't we can't elect a um, America first Speaker of the House because we won't get what we want. Well, that's exactly right. And uh, as one congressman, former congressman, told me uh, after he left uh, Congress, uh, he was our congressman. In fact, uh, he said, Bob. We have the best mon- uh, government that money can buy. And, of course, what he meant by that is that the lobbyists have so much influence on the positions that congressmen take with regard to the laws that are passed. Well, it's, <clears throat> it's a criminal organization. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just corrupt. Yeah. And, and I could name names about the people who have voted against Jim Jordan yesterday. Not that Jim Jordan is, is perfect. None of us are perfect, oh, by the way. But, but he's an America first guy yep. and, and, and wants, to, wants to see that the right thing is done. So, so all these, by the way, let me just mention this one guy. It really annoys me. Carlos Jimenez, who's out, who's out of a district outside of Miami, who voted for Hillary Clinton, decides he's, he runs, as, I didn't know this until a few days ago, decides he's going to run as a Republican. Meanwhile, he is putting forth the, the Democrat agenda in spades. Yeah, that's a shame. And, 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 there, and there, are several, <coughs> there are several other Republicans yeah. who ran as... Who uh, Republicans who ran as Republicans who are, who are absolutely totally Democrat. Yeah, that's and, true. And br- which brings us back to, let's see... Who are the true America First people? Who are the true Republicans, if there are any? Because most of them are part of the Uniparty. Well, I just uh, I think Jim Jordan is a is a man of character. I think he's got great leadership qualities. I certainly hope he becomes Speaker of the House. Uh, if you are a betting woman, uh, how's this all going to end up? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I there is so much that we don't know right now. <clears throat> Everybody that was on social media said, "Oh, yesterday Jim Jordan is done, done, done. We're gonna, we're gonna make sure that he's voted in." Guess what? It didn't happen, and he's twenty votes out yeah. yet. And what's interesting is that uh, we w- both watch uh, War Room, uh, Steve Bannon's War Room, uh, and uh, he has uh, encouraged listeners to get on the phones and call their congressmen. Well, apparently the lines have been melting down in terms of calls into Congress. And they don't like it. No, and they don't like it because <laughs> they're whispering in each other. But I don't know. Wait about- a minute. Our constituents are talking to us. What, what's going on with that? That's never happened before. <laughs> so so uh, the, he is, Jim Jordan is getting a lot of support from the public. So uh, my hope is that he'll get elected. Hopefully this process will wear down the people who are, are obstreperous and, de- and uh, difficult to deal with. And uh, Jim Jordan will get the vote. Well, well, just you bring up um, Bannon's War Room, which, I mean, you know that I, I will stop everything to watch sure. Bannon's War Room. But, but the gal who has been so on top of everything is Natalie Winters, his, his, uh, his uh, uh, producer. Yeah, editor. And she, you know, uh, just for our listeners' benefit, if you haven't watched Steve Bannon's War Room, Natalie Winters 
It's just graduated from the University of Chicago. She's 21 years of age, and she is uh, so tough and absolutely a great commentator. She provides Smart as a whip with a vocabulary that just won't stop. Exactly, and uh, he... She does great work for Steve Bannon, and uh, she's going to go far. She's uh, just a tremendous. Uh, she's uh, like a. Uh, I'm trying to think. Pitbull. Oh, yeah, she is a pitbull. That's exactly. She's right. a pitbull, and and you know what's 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 so interesting is that if if people start to cross her, that that they argue with her, the people on Capitol Hill, she'll go after them further. And and just so so your <coughs> listeners know, oh by the way, there are there are people. In, in the United States Congress, who are getting paid off by the Ukrainian government. They, they, this one, th- there are two of them who are in cahoots with this former Congressman Jim Moran, out of, uh, a Democrat out of Virginia, who is, who is filed as a foreign agent, as a lobbyist, for the Ukrainian government. Yeah. Well, you can't make this stuff up. No, exactly. Linda, we need to take a little break. Can you stick around? Yeah, I'm not going oh, okay. anywhere. <laughs> right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board. They prepare elected officials to have winning strategies <clears throat> in the legislature. The website is thefga.org. Hearing that uh, commercial from Blue Provence reminds me, I have kind of breaking news here. I was just going to talk to you about that. Yeah, so Linda, Linda Harden is with me, my, again, my wife. And uh, the sale fell through. Well, there is so much that we need to find out because um, 
um, you know, Jacques is a friend of ours, and we've been talking to him about this from the, when the first time we heard about it. Right. And he kept saying, I don't know if it's going to go through, I don't know if it's going to go through, blah, blah, blah. And, and meanwhile, the, the person who bought, the, the bought Blue Provence and, oh, by the way, bought multiple properties in downtown Naples. It's the Hoffman su- family. Is suddenly, well, I didn't know if you wanted me to mention. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is suddenly selling all these properties. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Anyway, so Jacques sent out this email um, a few days ago saying that the Blue Provence was going to remain in the in Jacques' family, and it was just like, what a sense of relief that, that this this mainstay of the Naples community is going to stay a mainstay and stay as, as pristine and wonderful as, as it always has. As, always has been. A terrific organization. Jacques, Jacques and his family have just done a terrific job with Blue Provence. I'm so excited. We're going there tonight. Exactly. We're going to find out the straight scoop. We'll get the true scoop of what's happening. Uh, in the meantime, I, uh, nice things about the Hoffman family. They've done a nice job of acquiring properties. They usually leave the former owners in charge and running the business the way it's always been run. The folks but, that I know that belong to Old Collier are saying they, they have just stepped it up. Yeah, they just do a great job, so uh, nothing derogatory about the Hoffman family. But I will say the kind of news about this is that apparently he stepped aside and let his uh, family, his His children, two sons sons run the business, and uh, apparently he's not happy with the decisions they've made, which I think probably led to the fallout of the, uh, the sale of uh, Blue Provence to the Hoffman family. So nevertheless, the outcome is great because we know that there's going to be consistent uh, service at Blue Provence, and they do a great job. Exactly. I can't wait to go, to go tonight. It'll be fun. So uh, see. We're going to pick up on... Uh, Joe's trip to the Middle East. Uh, Joe <laughs> Biden is going to go over and explain to the Knesset uh, how to avoid uh, civilian casualties. <laughs> He's, he's not. He's not bringing any veterans of the Afghan war either. No, he's not. He certainly isn't. But uh, now he was apparently had a whole bunch of meetings lined up with the Saudi Arabia uh, prince and with uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan, Egypt, Egypt. All those meetings have been canceled. And guess when they canceled? When his little butt was on the plane going over to to the Middle East, they were going, "No, no, no, we're not. We're not." going to participate you know and see what's sad about that is that here he is on the international stage and it just demonstrates the lack of respect that these leaders country leaders have lack of respect they have for the united states because joe Biden is our president oh there's absolutely no doubt about it by the way when he was when he landed today um and and he was talking i only heard excerpts of of some of the stuff he said but he, he was talking about that horrible hospital bombing of yeah. the other day. And he says, well, he says, from everything I, I can see, it looks like it was done by a member of the other team. A member of the other team, not a terrorist organization. What a derp. <laughs> He's, what a total derp. Yeah, whatever, I mean, there, there whatever are, that is. <laughs> there, there are no words to describe yeah. what a horrible president I mean, Dan Bongino posts on, on Twitter every single day. Today is whatever date it is, and, and Joe Biden is the worst president in United States history. He well, posts that every single day. Apparently, uh, a previous guest on the show said that uh, people in Israel really love Joe Biden. Uh, he could probably become the prime minister of Israel. And my comment was, take him. <laughs> I, they're probably not saying, you know, let's go Brandon over there in Israel. So, I, and, and oh, by the way, I would like to see those numbers and who's saying that. Yeah. I really would. Because, because on what basis do they say it? Because he said, oh, well, we stand with Israel. Well, excuse me. Yeah. I, I don't, you know what? 
But here's here's the other thing that's going on right now. This is a, this conflated thing is is turning into a regional conflict. We've got uh, Hezbollah. We've got uh, the uh, folks on what are the Gaza? The uh, Hamas. 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 Uh, we've got uh, Jordan apparently and uh, uh, Egypt. It looks like all the countries surrounding right now uh, Israel are hostile to Israel. Well, look what's happened in Istanbul, Turkey last night. I, I was I was telling you about it when we were watching the game, is that the huge crowds of people in Istanbul were sending rockets, not rockets, fireworks against the the Israeli um, uh, embassy. Embassy. Yeah. In in Istanbul, there are crowds of people. People are protesting in Germany. It's all over the place. And like I said to you off air, there is no way that that I would let us or that we would go one oh. inch off of the United States or out of Florida, out of Naples. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, uh, and I must say that uh, I, I, I would opine that if uh, President Trump were president today, none of this would be going on. Well, you know what? It, let, let's just touch. I don't know how much time we have, but let's touch on that for just a second. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. The left knows that, and and it's and it's because of that, and it's and it's ballooning that the media, uh, people who are the Democrats, everybody, the words out of their mouth are constantly Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump is living rent free in, in all of their minds because they know how much better things were with Trump, how how much safer we were with Trump, how much how much better everything was with Trump, and it's scaring the crap out of them because, right. because guess what? Even though the, this judge in Washington has put a gag order, he's not stopping. He he's said, not stopping. Hey, go ahead. Throw me in jail. Exactly. <laughs> Linda, always appreciate your commentary on the show. You always liven up the, the show, so thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here at today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed it. And I uh, hope you'll tune in tomorrow. We've got some great guests, including Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, Zeton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. And I really appreciate your listening to the show. If you enjoy it, I hope you tell your friends about it. That's one of the ways we support our advertisers. And we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>